Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. I saw a little church the other day that caught my attention, and I just wanted to describe it really quickly to you. The roof looked like it could leak. It was in very bad disrepair. Uh, some of the windows were broken. Others were boarded up. The front doors looked like they hadn't been opened in a long, long time. And the steps leading to the front doors were in disrepair. Everything about the church looked abandoned. It looked like it hasn't been opened or used or even someone to care about it in a really long time. The grass was all grown up around it. The bushes hadn't been trimmed. It just it looks abandoned. And what caught my attention even more than the state of the church, because honestly, we've seen too many churches like that lately. But what caught my attention was the sign in front of the church. Because the name of this little church is called Faith Unlimited. And as I looked at the building and I saw this state of disrepair and just abandonment, and it, it brought sadness to my heart just to see it like that. And, and then to think, you know, what was it once? Like who, who once worshipped there? Who once preached the word there? And what happened to them? Why, why are they not still there? But the, the name of it, Faith Unlimited, and it just hit me as I passed that church to begin to examine the state of my faith. Because here was a church building called Faith Unlimited, and yet it looked abandoned, and it, lo- it was in disrep- disrepair, and everything about it was just sad and broken and missing. And I started thinking about the state of our faith and how that sometimes life just overwhelms us and life can overcome us. And our faith begins to look a lot like that church building. So I want to talk about that today for just a few minutes, about the existence of our faith and the state of our faith. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, meaning God, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. In the King James Version, it says, who diligently seek him. Our, the, the state of our faith must start with just its existence. And that faith is, we must believe that he is. We must believe that God is there. That he is. That he created everything. That he sustains everything. That he is not someone in, in the past. Someone who is no longer relevant. Someone who is no longer interested in us, but that he is the great I am. That is who this this God that we serve, this God that we look at, this God that we trust in, the, the object of our faith, what proves the existence that we have faith is that we have God. In Exodus 3 verse 14, when when Moses asked God, who who shall I say sent me? If, if I'm going to Pharaoh and I'm going to demand that he let the Israelites go, he's going to want to know why. He's going to want to know who sent me. Who do I say? What do I say? And 
to Moses, the Lord replied, I am that I am. He is the great I am. And the existence of our faith must first be, as Hebrew says, we must believe that he is. The second thing to look at is the size of our faith. And if, if you're like me and you've been in church for a while, you've heard sermons and you've heard teachings about the size of your faith and that you have to have great faith. And if you have faith, God will do anything for you. And if you don't have faith, then God can't move for you. If you, if you don't have a certain level of faith, then that's why your prayer wasn't answered. And it, it puts everything on you as the person. And it's your responsibility to have a certain measure of faith and to have a certain level of faith. And if you don't have that certain level, then now it is your responsibility. It is now your fault that God doesn't heal or God doesn't deliver or God didn't move the way that you thought he was going to move. And honestly, that is unfair, I think, to, to us. And it's unfair to believers because nothing about this walk relies on us. This is about the work that Jesus already did. This is about having faith in him, not in what we can do, not in how much faith we have. I think about in Matthew 17, Jesus says, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's not about having great faith. In Romans 12, 3, uh, Paul writes that God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And again, that's not saying you have to have great faith. That's not saying how much that measure is. It's just that we have some. We all have the capacity to believe. We all have the ability to to believe in God, that he is who he says he is, that he is the great I am. We have that in us. And faith does not necessarily mean that you're not going to have any doubts. I heard it said a long time ago, and it stuck with me, and I, I don't remember who said it. But I, I heard someone say, or I read it somewhere, that faith is not the absence of doubt because doubt proves that there is faith. If you don't have doubt, then you don't have faith. And I know that sounds kind of weird and kind of funny, but I think about that man who came to Jesus, and I don't have this uh, reference written down, but he came to Jesus and he asked for help for his son. And in the conversation that he had with Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe. But then he said, help my unbelief. So he was recognizing in that moment, yes, I have faith, but I also have a little doubt. I believe that you can, but there's also a little unbelief. There, there, there's, some, there's some of both here. And I think we're unfair to ourselves to say that it must be faith unlimited. Like we're responsible for that faith unlimited. And so when we're examining the state of our faith, it's not the size of our faith. And it's not that there's a complete absence of doubt. That's not what makes our faith unlimited. What makes our faith unlimited is the object of our faith. Because our faith in itself is, is no good. Our faith in itself, if we have faith in that we have faith, there's nothing. Nothing is accomplished. Nothing is done. But when we have faith in Jesus... The object of our faith is what makes our faith unlimited. It's not we have faith in ourselves. We have faith in our good works. We have faith in the fact that we have faith. 
is just an endless circle and we're not getting anywhere and it's and it's not going to accomplish anything. But when we put our faith in the one who knows no impossibility, then suddenly our faith is not bound up and it's not it's not limited because now we are not just believing that something can happen, but we are believing in the one who can make it happen. We're not just believing that a certain situation is going to work out the way that we prayed, but we're believing in the one who knows what is best and who is sovereign and who is in control of all of it. So the state of your faith, how do you how do you keep it strong? How do you keep it in that in that focus and knowing that it's not just because I have faith that he'll do something, but that I have faith in him, that I have a complete trust and belief in the person of Jesus Christ. One way is to get to know him. If you're going to have faith in him, you need to get to know who he is. You need to get to know his faithfulness. You need to get to know the one in whom you believe. How do you do that? Read his word. Spend time with him. If you're reading and something's not making sense to you, ask him to help you. Ask him to show you what this means. Ask him to increase your faith as you read, to increase your faith as you spend time with him. And as you grow in the word and you grow in time with him, ask him to increase your faith. Not because the measure of your faith matters, but your belief in him. He is the object of your faith. And that's how we keep our faith strong. So many times we can get sidetracked by the world and and what is going on in our lives and the questions we might have or the difficulties or the circumstances. And let's just be honest, sometimes we get down in the mully grubs and we're like, why am I even here? Like, what is going on? This is so depressing. This is so bad. And, And we just sit there and we wallow for a minute. And in those moments, our faith is not focused. The reason our faith is not strong in those moments is because we're not focused on him. We're not looking at the one who we claim to believe in. So keeping our faith strong, keeping it in that state of unlimited is we cannot abandon him. That church building that I that I started out that, and I described, it was in a state of abandon. And our faith looks like that when we abandon him, when we pull away from him and we stop spending time with him. That's when the things of this world overcome us. And that's when the the pressures of life begin to to make us waver. When Peter stepped out of the boat to follow Jesus, to walk on the water, he was doing fine until he took his eyes off of Jesus. That's when his faith wavered. So I want to leave you with a verse today in Psalm 42 verse 5 why are you in despair O my soul and why have you become restless and disturbed within me hope in God and wait expectantly for him for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence that's how you have faith unlimited keep your eyes on Jesus focus your faith on the one who is worthy to believe in the one who is steadfast the one who is sure And then nothing can happen to your faith because your faith does not depend on you anyways. It depends on Jesus. Jesus.